Welcome to Peaking to Success, the podcast that delves deep into our guest success stories. The highs, the lows, the lessons learned, and if there's any exciting future plans lined up. Talking about future plans, Peaking into Success is proudly supported by Peak Wills and Estate Planning. We're here to support you with any future planning. Long gone are the times of solicitors in suits and ties and dark rooms and outdated practices. We are proud to offer a fresh and dynamic approach to the stuffy old world of wills, changing the way we talk about what happens when we die. But... That's enough talk about death on a podcast introduction. It's time to pass you over to Peeking Into Success host, Mr. Adam Kahn. Whose success are we peeking into this episode, Adam? Thanks, Sam. Today we have on a Scouse comedian who is the co-host for Pod Another One. We have on Rob Thomas. Want to know what's happening within Derby's black community? Or perhaps you have a story of your own to share? Then look no further than Majatu, your one-stop source for local African and Caribbean news. With our digital news platform and quarterly print magazine, keep up to date on all of the latest in arts, entertainment, food, sports and more. Find us online at mojatu.com. Hi Rob, how are we today? Hello mate, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I mean... We spoke just before this about just getting over the kind of <laughs> Christmas hangover yeah. period and That's getting again, yeah. exactly, but we're back on it and mm. we're able to delve into you and how you got into your career. So, if you want to explain for everyone that may or may not know you, how would you sum yourself up in a nutshell? So, in a couple of words, how would you sum yourself up? Oh, um. I'm assuming people will know or not. I'm a comedian yeah. from Liverpool. Um, how would I sum myself up? Do you mean literally, like, as in that? Is, is it all? Yeah, yeah. Or you can. What kind of comedy do I do? I'm a comedian from Liverpool. Um, got a podcast myself called Another One. I would say I'd call myself a circuit comedian. Like, yeah. I'm not sure if everyone understands exactly what that means, but it's basically I'm a professional comedian working on the British comedy circuit where there's different levels of it sort of thing. So I am um, I you'd see me in a you say it's the comedy club in your local town or city, you'd see me on there at some point. No. So, yeah, like that's the level of math. Obviously trying to get to there's different levels in the British comedy industry. I'm trying to get to my next one, but it's sort of it's not so weird. It's not like a ladder. It's not like, it's not like a normal job where you just sort of get promoted, you have to decide what kind of, like, step up you want and how you want to get there, because with every step up is a bit more sacrifice, and you've got to decide what are you willing to sacrifice or not, and that's, so that's, I'm sort of like, I'm on the next step now, of, I want to raise my profile from being a safe comedian who you'll see at the weekend at a comedy club, to being one that you'd want to go and see because of who I am, but I also don't want to give up too much of my own life to be able to do that. It's a really weird thing to juggle. I bet, and I mean, you've been doing it for around 10 years now, is it? I've been trying to... 13, so November 2010 was my first ever get on stage and have a go. November 30th, 2010. I think my second gig was January uh, 2011. So I've been doing comedy for just under 13 years. Um, I've been professional for about five or six. And how hard is it to break into the circuit? As you said, of course, them ladders and them next steps mm. up. 
I don't think a lot of people understand how long it takes yeah. to get kind of into the role Stop. of being professional. So from where I am, where I am now, that takes. I reckon the shortest time I've heard someone take is maybe four years. Okay. But can take anything from four years to eight years, sort of thing. And again, it's all down to what you work like. It's such a funny career in the sense of like, it all, a lot of it depends on your circumstances as well. So like, I started, I just moved into a flat with me and my partner. Um, and I was like, right, give this a go now or, or never again, something when I was there, or, or like leave it behind. It was when I was 23. And then like, so I was quite good and I had no kids. I had bills and stuff, but I had no kids, so I'd give it a good go. Yeah. But then there's people who don't have, people who started when they're 18, still living in one dad's house, have no bills, no kids, and are able to give it, like, all the time and attention. So, the thing, so like, the time I actually say, because I don't, want, I don't want to say I give it definitive time and put, make anyone feel bad. Yeah. Like, even at the spot yeah. now we're trying to do it. But, like, the time it takes is literally what you can put into it. But the fastest I've seen is four years. And our average is between six to eight years, sort of thing. And it's just literally like you, you spend your first four years trying to get good at it. Like, you, you obviously go on stage and you might be natural, you might not be natural, sort of thing. And then you spend your first four years trying to find out who you are for the first four or five years. And then once you think, oh, you know, I'm quite, I think I'm good now. I think I'm at a different level. You spend the next three, like, few years trying to show people. Like, mm-hmm. you, you go, go through an open mic and that's a going. Well, I think I can do this now as good as anyone else. So I need, I need people who, who put, give, give money to see that. I need people who will pay me to, to see that. So then you spend the next couple of years just trying to like go, hey, can you come and look at me? Or can I, can I come to you and show you how it goes? So then, yeah. So I'd say it took me about six or seven years to get to the level I'm at now. And then where I'm trying to get now, I'm probably on the base of that ladder for about 18 months. Okay, so so I mean, it shows even the amount of time that you have to put in that it's still, you can't just say blow up overnight kind of thing. It's kind of, the graft has to be put in. Like people yeah. from um, other careers, of course, blow yeah. up overnight, but this is more of a like grafting career, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. It's definitely, uh, especially, certainly wrong. There's people who've blown up overnight, but... Even ones, like, the last one I know to a blow over, like, say, Carl Porter, even he's, he was doing comedy three or four years, and he's blown up, and now um, he's facing a point where he's like, oh, I've got all these people following me and eyes on me, but I don't, I, I'm not really at a level where I can fully take advantage of it yet. And that's, that, like, that's a weird thing in our industry as well, where someone can, like, you, saw, you see Jamie Hutchinson, he sort of blew up, you know, people say overnight, but over, like, Calls me here, people got to find out who he was. Yeah. He, he's still sort of blowing up. But um, thank for him, he had 11 years on the circuit, grafting to the point where he's now, now now he's blown up. He can take full advantage of it. He knows who he is, he knows his voice, and he, people are really, really experienced all the, all the work he's put in. So, like, it, it, it is an industry where it can just, I think it can change for you overnight. Yeah. But it can even change. Without putting the graft in, it's not gonna. You're not gonna benefit from it. No, and do do you think, of course, as you said, you're a British circuit comedian, 
currently. Do you think the placement of where you're located, so of course you're Liverpool based, do you think kind of the north is, from my observation, the north is kind of creating a lot of comedians at the moment and kind of you're in a prime location or do you think that doesn't matter about location and kind of where you're based? Um, I think it's more about timing and location. Okay. So, like, I think I'm at a point, I, I, I'm in the Northwest, and the Northwest is at a point now where it's producing really good comedians, yeah. and we're all pushing each other on, and like, you're all gigging with each other, like, I would say Iron Sharp and Zion, like, the raising tie, raising all ships, so the high tie, raising all ships. I'm at a point where there's something really big happening in Liverpool with hot water, yeah. and like, Manchester's been there for a while already, and a lot of people, like, a lot of really good comics are coming and creating stuff that at, at this time and it's causing a really big push for everyone to be better and to do better and because of because of what's happening i think anyone who, who's all in this like i i was because i'm in the first thing it gives you a real buzz to to push yourself more and stuff because of the thing you see people doing stuff and creating more and what you're saying what it looks like in the northwest there seems to be a really big push of, of people creating stuff and putting stuff out I think a lot. I think a lot of that is sort of it breeds itself as well. So have a word pushes everyone else. People see the success, have a word, and they're like, "Well, we can. Why aren't we all doing that?" And then that pushes everyone else to do their own thing. And then from doing that, and you get fans and your profile raising, you go, "I want to justify having this profile." Or I, every time someone says to me, "I'm a fake comedian," or "I love that," I really, I, I, I tell, "Why well, need to justify being that person?" I need to justify who I think I am and who they like, think I am and keep writing material and keep doing stuff. I think a lot of it, it does come down to timing. Because, like, Liverpool 20 years ago, there wasn't really a scene. There was, like, one club or two clubs. There wasn't really anywhere people could do new comedy. Like, new comedians could, like, cut the teeth. Yeah. And because of that, it meant Liverpool scene was quite weak. Like there was only one or two actual festival reasons for Liverpool, whereas now there's loads and there's loads coming through. And I think, like I said, I think a lot of it is, it's not just the area itself, which I probably need looked into it and went back in the history of like famous comedians being squad of Liverpool. It probably does, there's probably a lot to be said for the area. But in terms of right now, I'd say it's just the timing than anything else. It's like, it's, it feels like it's the Northwest's time. Nice, and I mean, hot water is having a bit of a revamp at the moment, isn't it? So, of course... Well, it's moving venues, yeah. It's, got, it's, it's gearing up to open the biggest comedy venue that we, we think in the world, but and I don't know the definitely because I've not seen everywhere else. But, <laughs> but of course, that's going to blow up the kind of northwest as well, as, of course, there's going to be more people that are going to be able to sit in there and kind of... Well, yeah, it's, it's four new theatres that are all going to need things on. And then yeah. Hot Water are going to... I know the Hot Water owner's person, he's doesn't even mean, like, starts at a similar time as them. And, like, they're putting they put a big budget behind marketing and things like that. So they're going to need to fill the space. They're going to want people there. And then again, like I say, you look at Have A Way built their thing and a lot of podcasts follow. And I'm like, oh, let's, let's, let's have a go doing this ourselves. I think Hot Water's building... A big venue and a lot of comedians are like well what can i do to be a part of that sort of thing yeah. like even now like i've seen um just today 
So a, a new comedian called Gary Highland starting a new night. And I just, it's just a different concept. I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be like. It's called Wheel of Misfortune. And you're, you've got to joke about different topics and stuff like that. But people are going to be there. Like any comedians where the salt is going to be thinking, well, there's four phases there. Why can't I do What can I do? Yeah. Sort of things. That's like, like I say, it's, 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 that's the thing when it comes, it comes to the time and sort of things. Like with that happening, with you being so local, it should inspire you to go. Right, what what can what can I do there? Sort of things. Like I know Green Room going live every week. Going to do a live show every week, which is mad. Like I don't know what I me and Wozniak have been talking about doing certain things. Like I've got ideas. I'm just it's just like yeah. It's it's an exciting time because the day the, the, the lads have already said the room's to fill. So if, you, if you, something comes up and you want to give it a go, go for it. Exactly, and I mean you've kind of said way nicely to of course. Wozniak and of course podcasting in general so was yeah. it kind of of course the Northwest with podcasts in the comedy realm is also thriving at the moment so is that what yeah. kind of inspired you and Simon Wozniak to kind of take a plunge and go for it and has that kind of grown you two as kind of comedians and showcased yourself to a bigger audience? Well, I wouldn't want to speak for Wozniak because he'll, he'll probably be a lot more dire about it than I will. But um, in terms of me personally, so we both we both want to have a word, and like, we were both did episodes of that, and that was good, got eyes to us. And then I think we were both in a point where we've done the circuit for so long now, like 13 years for me, I think 10 for Wozniak, 11 for Wozniak, I was doing comedy. We were like, right, what's our next step? I mean, we had to think logically about what do we want next. Like I, I, I like me and my wife had a child, so it was like, right, what do I want to? How do I want to provide more? What do I want to do? And it's just a case of looking at it and going, right, well, what's the next step in, in this that we want? And for both of us, it's a case of like touring off our own name. We want people to come and see us, not just go to like hot water on a Friday and see a show. Yeah. One's going to hot water and see our name, like see see our show. So yeah, so I think for us it was right. We'll have a words, pioneered what can happen and what can do, what what we can do. How do we do our own thing? So then we just we just had a chat. Like I say, we we both been on have a word. I felt we we both we did okay on it, but neither of us really showed ourselves on it because we're very different. Like really good mates with Adam and Dan, loved them. Very different personalities. Yeah, like we're very much. I would say we're both your dads. We're both very like, don't do silly voices. Don't like, we're just very miserable sort of like, have a lot, like, 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 like your dad. I, for me, I put a funny voice on. I put a funny voice on, so the back of my head says, that's gay. Man. And it's like, whether that's right or wrong, I am, I'm dealing with that every day. So, so it's like, so like, but how do we do something like that? That's ours, and that's what we try to do with the podcast. We started out, and you feel like, say, I, I get it, you first sort of six months. You learn what you want it to be, and then think we sort of got to a stride. I'll be like, this is who we are. This is how funny we are. Let's do our own thing now, which is pretty much like your, your dad in the pub having a chat with us, with the two mates to bring in each week to just chat right with, and that's what we do. But because we're comedians, because we we back ourselves to be funny, tend to always always have a laugh doing it. Something it seems to be going quite well at the moment. It's picking up, it's growing going from strength to strength sort of thing so yeah that was something we looked at we looked at how do we 
put something out so people know who we are. Yeah. Like, know who we are. Just not just for name, but like, if you come, to, if you come to see us, you know what you're gonna get. Because I think that's it. That, that that that's the thing that people have struggled with. Like Paul Sinner's been on the chase. Um, I'm trying to think who else has blown up. Like a couple of comedians have have got known for certain things, and then when people have come to the stand up, they haven't like. Like the audience, if that's a source of them, adapt the audience and be like, oh no, I know you know me from this, but this is who I am stand-up-wise, and that's what you need to learn from things. So like, one of the conscious things me and Wozniak were trying to do was put stuff out that people came to when, when, when he saw us do stand-up. Didn't feel like we were different people. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's the lad from the podcast who's just being who I know, rather than, oh, I know this person from that thing. And now I'm conceding you stand up because I know them and I don't like what they're doing because this isn't who I thought they were. But that's, that was that's just being real and being yourself, isn't it, at the end of the day? And I think people are more likely going to come and see you in like live podcast shows and stuff like that if you're being yourself. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. what yeah. comes across I'm when you listen. I think, a lot, I think a lot of things are like... I, I, I think it's understanding what audience you want and understanding that like so for, like Josh Josh Pugh good mate of mine like really good comedian he does like little funny sketches but his jokes are sort of like sort of quirky and funny as well yeah. so when the audience goes to see him go from being sketches to doing stand up it's not a massive difference where if I tried to do that you'd, you'd be two different like two different audiences like that would enjoy two different things. If, if, like, if I did what Josh Pugh did, and then you come and saw him do stand up, you'd be like, you'd be horrified. You'd be like, well, this wasn't the silliness that I've, that I've been come to love. This is someone really moaning and talking about things that I probably don't want to listen to. So, like, it, it's understanding that as well. Like, like say, like me, me and Paul, Paul Simmons on the chase, and he he then had a load of people who like daytime TV coming to his shows, and didn't really. Like, it took him a year to sort of get a true audience of who like his stand-up rather than people who see them on the chase and thought we'll go and see the fellow in the white suit and then like obviously he doesn't he comes out he's not in a white suit he's just a comedian doing top quality stand-up but if you're not if that's not what you come to see then that's what you so like I think one of the one of the things people like with, with an angel putting clips and stuff out now one of the things that people have to realise is you have to you have to put out who you are sort of thing like um, people who always put people who are always putting crowd work clips out have to realise people aren't, people might not like what you talk about because they've only seen you do crowd work they might not like the things that you actually say stand up wise like you know Paul Smith when he um, when he first became famous after crowd work clips he had to adapt his stand up because Paul is a really really good storyteller like really, really good. Took his time with stuff. Was really slow but brilliant storyteller. But then when he got so famous doing crowd work clips, people got so used to bang, 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 sort of like the back and forth jokes. So when they went to see him do a show, he had to sort of speed everything up. So he had to change the way he was doing stand up because the audience were expecting what like the, the difference in him doing crowd work and him doing a set. So like it's just yeah. So one of the things me and Was never really aware of was what we put out has to be us. Yeah, and I mean that comes through, and I mean 
I love what you're doing. I feel like it's more real and it's more like you're kind of in the corner listening to a conversation and listening to yeah. mates have a chat. That's what, tra- that's what we're trying to be. We're trying to be... When, like, I think someone like Dead Men or Have A Word, they're very much high-production value, a proper TV show, and they're brilliant for it, whereas we're trying to go to the sort of other end of the spectrum. Of, we don't want the production to be crap, but we are very much... You have you have us on, and, and you sort of like you say you watch your four men chat at the pub, sort of thing. You're like you, you sort of you're more you're more ear than anything else. You're being nosy when you're listening in rather than like sitting in to be part of a show. No, and I mean I love it, and if people haven't kind of given it a chance or heard of it, they should go and listen to it because I think you two complement each other so well. It comes no, across in your work, so no, hundred yeah. percent. Um, of course, you've spoken about the comedy and the podcast kind of elements of your mm-hmm. career. Um, what is kind of your biggest achievement in your mind to date in your career? Oh, um, I, I, when I started comedy, so I was I was a proper comedy nerd before I started. I fell in love with it when I was as a young kid. I always wanted to do it, and I had a. Um, so I'd read, I'd read everyone's books, like Alan Carr's, Alan Carr's Jimmy Carr, Jason Manfred's, Vegas. I read all their old bad and stuff. And like the same clubs kept coming up. You know, the Comedy Store and the Frog and Bucket, they kept coming up as like the clubs that everyone sort of did as, as they passed through. Yeah. Like what I want, like you played there, it's like that was where everything happened. I remember um, three things I wanted to like to happen when I started comedy in the back of my head was I wanted to play them two clubs as a professional comedian and I want and I really wanted to be part of something in Liverpool that people could talk about. Yeah. Um played the store, I played the frog, they had ticked off and we say I started with hot water not long after they started. I'm I'm a regular there. I'm really proud to be a regular there. I'm proud of that like, to be my mates. I'm proud to, to say like I might not be a name on it, but I am like I'm involved in, in a sense of something major that's happening in comedy and in Liverpool, and that makes me dead proud to be sort of just. A, I feel like I'm, I, you know, you know, like like the Mersey beats and the Beatles happened. I feel like I'm one of them lower bands that sort of just is a part of it all as it's happening. That makes me dead proud to be like just in the scene as as you're watching the comedy world change and like. Being a part of it, being one of the lads in it, and one of the comics in it, sort of thing. That yeah. So I'd say my biggest achievement is being able to go. I just have to do this, to do these things, and I've done them. And now I'm looking at things that I never even considered to, to want to do. Like, I didn't. I didn't start comedy thinking I want to be massively big. I all tore off my own name, and the idea of that, like, that's what I'm working towards now. So I think, oh, that's great. I didn't think anyone would know me in the street. And like, people ask for selfies a couple of times a week now. And even that's a bit like, oh, you know, it's just, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm, clear, I'm clearly doing something. People ask me to be on podcasts, people have asking the photos, people are coming to see me. I'm clearly doing something that's that's going the right way. And just for that to be happening, I'm quite proud. No, 100%. And I mean, the, the way everything's going, especially with hot water and 
you being able to perform there so regularly, hopefully that will build and build and build and more people will hopefully come and see you. Well, that's it. It's just about building a fan base now. Like you said before, it's, 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 it's about knowing the sacrifices that you want because I don't want to be famous. I don't like... Like, I never want to get to a position where I can't do the things I do now with my mates. So, like, I always, I always joke about... I always joke about going... I never want to be... I never want to be so famous that I can't piss myself in Benidorm. That's basically like, but I want, I want, so I want to go on tour off my own name. I'd like people to come and see me do comedy, but I want to be able to go to Benidorm and be a drunk, a, a drunk wreck there and not have to worry about people taking photos of me for any other reason than I'm embarrassing myself. Not because I'm Rob Thomas, just because I'm a fat lad embarrassing himself. So as long as I'm still able to do that and be that person, then I'd I'm, I'm, I'm be dead happy. No, perfect. Um... My next question is going to be, is there anything that you do differently? So, of course, on your journey through, is there anything that maybe you'd do differently if you could go back, something that maybe has changed kind of your career and you wish, oh, if I did it this way, it might have worked out better? Um, I think not, there's not one specific thing, but if I could go back... I think I push myself a lot more in terms of like just just pushing myself, like not being scared to push to be proud of what you're doing and put it out there and be like, oh, come and play like, even from an early point. Because I think for the first like ten years of my career, I think anyone doing that it was sort of frowned upon, yeah. and I like the sting of all of them. Who do you think they are? And then you sort of realise what's the, what you're doing if you're not proud of what you're doing if you're not you don't think you're good at it if you're not, you're not proud of what you're doing you're doing full stop. So I wish I'd had that attitude change a lot earlier. So as soon as it started like where I felt I was as good at it as most of the comics, then I wish I started pushing myself there and put more clips out there and being more active with like doing shows and pushing myself more and trying to get myself out in public more then because like now I feel like I'm at a stage in my life where I've got like I say I've got wife, child, house, bills and stuff like I've got other responsibilities now. Whereas before when less of them I could have spent more time really pushing the career. Which I never I was happy with I was happy with the career and happy with where, where it was going. But then also I probably was holding myself back a little bit. And it's like I wish I hadn't from like five years ago, six years ago, I just put clips out there when people first started doing or like trying to put shows on or just even like getting the mailing list together, building a fan base. Because I think about five, six years ago, I think the attitude was who are you to have a fan base? You know, you don't wait, you're waiting on telly sort of thing. Yeah. Because now the attitude's much more, why wouldn't you have a fan base? Like, because of social media, opening them doors and realising actually anyone can, anyone can like your stuff, so why wouldn't you put it out to them? So I, I wish I'd been more active then, when I was, like, before I had a child and before I, I, I had the house and stuff and push, more, push myself more then. But at the same time, it's life in it, I probably wouldn't the person I am now was the kind of person who was going to push themselves when something I wouldn't be the comic I am sort of thing whereas now I'm quite happy with the comic I am and 
where I'm going, I think I've found the voice in comedy, whereas maybe I try to push myself more before I had the voice. I never found one. I never really feel comfortable with what I'm doing before stopping anyway. No, 100%. I mean, if you find a lane, of course, in the early days, you don't know which way you're going. So, of course, you find that lane and you're kind of going full steam ahead kind of thing, which is yeah. positive. Um, of course, if you were to give advice to someone, maybe in your kind of position 13 years ago, what advice would you give to them to kind of help them along? Um, the first advice to do is so the hardest thing in comedy I think is finding your voice and finding who you are and how you're comfortable on stage so be willing to try everything be willing to do everything take risks and make your first couple of years finding out who you are and finding out when when you're fully um, I, I think you'll know in yourself and when you when you think you're fully when you stop getting nerves going on stage, not nerves that's going to go well, but nerves of like, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, what what might happen? Like, oh, I might not know what to do then. When you go on and you think I'm good enough, the only thing I'm nervous about is if this thing doesn't go well. Okay, it's one of them. No, it's not like you're not going on nerves thinking I could wreck everything sort of thing because they're the kind of nerves you have when you first start. Once they go, and you're comfortable with who you are on stage and you feel comfortable on stage, then just don't be scared to back yourself, put yourself out there, like, decide how you want to go forward and then go full steam ahead. Like, I think that's, I think two hardest things in comedy is deciding how you want to progress and uh, who you are, like, as, as a comedic voice. And, like, once you know the voice, then just go with what, how else you want to go. Because, like, because I always knew I didn't, I didn't want to be famous and I didn't want to lose... The mates have got now on the life of it. And I knew we'd be once they got telly. So I never really chased an agent, so I never chased like uh, competitions or anything like that. Whereas once I had my voice and I was coming to who wanted to be, I was like, yeah, I want to go as far as I can go without being famous or being on telly. So like I just go and follow that path. So the best advice I can give to someone is decide what what you want to be and how you want to handle like, just go for it, go, go, and then just commit, commit and you can't do it. Especially when you're young. If you're young and you've got, like, no kids or no house, just make it your will for a little bit and just go for it. No, perfect. And, I mean, some people, especially nowadays, young people don't want to take risks as much, if that makes sense. People right. would rather yeah. say, oh do sixth form, do university and kind of yeah. stall and stall and stall until kind of they don't know what to do anymore and then they just jump into any job, whereas... That's, that's like, that's, like you say about before, one of my regrets, like, in comedy, probably one of my biggest regrets outside of comedy is going to university. I wish I'd never. Like, I loved it. I, I, had a, I had a great time, like, the time I was there, but I was just stalling, like, to what, like you said, to what I wanted to do. And I could sometimes I think, you know, if I just started doing comedy at 16, where would it be now? Because, like, the things that did hold me back, like having responsibilities and like having like a really good club with mates that I didn't want to lose or not be able to spend time with sort of thing. Um, like, if I didn't have all that, what would, what, what, where could it be? 
and who knows sort of things so like I think the hardest thing one of the things I want to teach my lad as he grows up is like we, we, we are fortunate enough to live in a society where you can get paid to do anything you, you, you want to do as long as you work hard enough at it so it's just find what you want to do and if you think you know what you want to do go for it just, just go for it Perfect I think that's that's good and it's a good way you put it across perfectly there, so <laughs> I rate that. Um, I'm gonna ask you some quick fire questions now. They may not be, they may not be quick fire. You might have to think <laughs> about them, but um, just see what comes off the top of your head. You should have an idea for most of them, so we'll see how we go. Um, the first one is, what's a dream venue for you to play at? Oh, so this is a weird one. So, my dream thing to happen, or my dream gig to put on. So, I don't know if you ever see Michael Shaper on a gig in a warehouse. Oh, yeah. I would really love to put on a gig at a venue that's not really a venue. So, I, I grew up, my, like, my local pub, or my dad's local more than mine now, because I don't really go as much as that, I should, is called the Saltbox. I'd love to put on a special, I'd love to do a special there where... There's a big car park there. I thought, I've already thought about how I'd do it as well. There's a big massive car park there and I build a marquee and I build a makeshift theatre in the car park okay. and then I'd have the club untouched as it is and then I'd film and then like I'd film in the pub before the gig, people coming through and like my mates being there telling stories about us growing up and what's made me the person I am sort of thing and then obviously I'd have the theatre in the car park where I'd do the actual special sort of thing my dream is to try and put that show on one day to be big enough to work and be like, right, let's take over the pub for a week, put on a show a night, uh, be able to afford to build the marquee and put the theatre on, put on a show a night there, sort of thing, and film that as a special. I mean, that's got some thought behind it, and I wasn't expecting right. such a... It's just like, if someone come and give me like a, a, a loads of money, it was like, what do you want to... like? What is your dream special? Yeah. That's what it'd be. It'd be a, a marquee in a car park of a pub, which pretty much is what I'm about, sort of thing. You can't go wrong with that, can you? Especially if the <laughs> weather's nice as well. That'll just yeah. top it off. You'll have to do it in summer, but no, that'll yeah. be perfect. Yeah. Um, for, for this special that you're doing um, at the salt box, <laughs> who, who would you... Who would you have to support you as a supporting act before you oh. headline? That's a weird one. Who's your dream support? I've never asked that before. I've been asked who your dream build, who your dream headline is. Who would be dream? Who would have support me? Um, I don't know. You know, it's all down to complimenting you, isn't it? That's why. I like but to ask it's, the support. It's, it's the idea of like, I wouldn't want to insult anyone by making them make my support, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to be like, oh, I want this person to support me, like, they should be supporting me, but like, I, I just, I'd want to be able to have two or three people that I come up with like, and be able to showcase the talent that's out there sort of thing. Okay. Like, in this, in this dream scenario, I'm obviously in a very different place to where I am, I am currently sort of thing, so I'd say I'd, I'd want to be able to showcase my mates and the laugh that we had sort of thing and like the friendship that we had together, so like, I'd love a course with, because the Eno course is well bigger than I'll ever be, 
but like have Paul uh, Phil Chapman the like row doing it and then like like Tony Carroll who's like sort of come back to comedy recently and it's just the people I started with it was like we're all like a little gang there's all that excitement as we're going through wasn't that going through I like to have loads I just like to have three or four of my mates just just messing about for half an hour 40 minutes before we did the special just just to be a bit like this is what it's about this is like especially because if I'm in the film do next week special at least I can be like, well, this is who, this is what made me who I am, and this is what made me the comic, like the comic and sort of thing. So it looks to be able to do something like that. So have like just a load of mates on pissing about and echoing each other from the sides and shit like sort of thing. Like and just start not not being arsehole, not taking it professionally, just taking it as like a laugh and being proud of where we go, where we all come from. So what we are now and just pissing about. No, I like that, and I mean. I th- I think that's still bullying for you to pull that off. Hopefully soon. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it will be it will be I good. Mean, to I, see. Need, I need a little more cash and a little more people who want to come. <laughs> it'll grow. It'll grow. I know it will. <laughs> um, the next ones are a bit kind of thought provoking. I guess the next one is is if you could sum yourself up in a song, what song would you choose? So maybe the lyrics or the genre of music kind of sums your personality up in the whole. Ooh. One song that summed me up. Um, I'm sort of I'm coming. At, I've been coming on stage the last six months, three years to Let's Dance the Joy Division. Yeah. I think that's quite like it's just the idea of like Stephen like the idea of Joy Division itself, and then the one back doing the Let's Dance. Joy the idea of like looking for the happiness. Look, looking for the happiness in like the mundane or the sadness in life or the like another one, that's entertainment. That's what I try and be a lot. I try and be like if you listen to the song by the jam, that's entertainment. And it's just looking for the beauty in normal life. It's just talking about the things that you probably wouldn't talk about. But in a, in it like in a way everyone finds funny and everyone can relate to. And even sometimes in a way people think, oh, I don't even I didn't even think of that, but that is such a silly idea. Like last night, I was, like, probably shouldn't talk on material, gig material away, but did some new stuff last night. I'm always trying to write now about things that are true, but like might not be hot, might not be true, might not mean what you're saying, but do come from a place of, like truth in truth in them. So like two things you got last night. I said, I said about how I I quite like my wife to leave me. Because I can't think of anything else that gives me enough motivation to lose weight. Like everything else that's happened to me, like, has a motivator. For 10 years now, I've been fat. Every year I say it's not going to be. And every year I fail at it. I was like, I can't think of anything else in my life that could happen besides my wife leaving me that make me lose weight. Like, I've had a kid that didn't lose weight through. Like, I've had an uncle die, not, not die, basically, like, got caught diabetes. I like major like life altering things happen to him, and like he's now no longer drinking sober, up and was losing weight. I'm looking at him going down the same road. Yeah, I'm still walking down it. That isn't making me want to lose weight. <laughs> you know, the only thing I can think of that could happen that would make me lose weight is you like leave me. So uh, I joke about that on stage. I was joking about that last night, and um, and the other thing I'm joking about is like, um, have you seen Saltburn? 
Yeah, I've unfortunately like the, seen it. Yeah. There's a scene where the, like the lad fucks the grave. Yeah. And like, I was just like joking, and I just, I was just joking about like, we've all like everyone's making out of that so like, oh my god, what a mad thing to happen. I was disgusted a bit, and I was like, oh well. I had a cousin who used to shag a landline phone. Like, we've all had mates who do weird stuff. So it's just, it's the idea of that. I really like like the idea of. Like, so obviously I don't want my wife, to, my wife to leave me, but the truth in that statement is I honestly do think that's probably the only thing that'll end up making me want to lose weight because that's like something like that happening. So I like the idea of talking about that, people going, I can relate to that, I know what he's on about. He doesn't want his wife to leave him, but he's, at least he's being honest with himself and going, that's probably the only way I'm going to lose weight. And then the thing about the shag on the phone, that did happen. I had a cousin who used to shag last night. I remember him telling me once and thinking, Fucking weird. And then I remember seeing that fella shagging a grave. Everyone's going on like that's like, oh my god, it's amazing. I'm like, fucking young lads have been shagging things that they shouldn't be shagging for years. Like, every lad I know shagged the gap in the couch. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I just I like the idea of some things that are true that might not be true as in you mean exactly what you say, yeah. but true. Everyone can relate to what you're talking about, sort of thing. No, 100%. I mean, the songs, I feel like, are nice ones to be like, to some sort of thing. I think, I, I, never, I never use it as walk on music because it's a bit done and it's such a big song anyway. But if you listen to the lyrics, that's, that's pretty much everything I'm trying to do, sort of thing. Like, we have Ice Cube in the back of the podcast studio, and the reason we have that is because. I really love a quote from a quote from when he goes like my heart is a reflection of our reality sort of thing. If you don't like what we're talking about, then change society. And that that's what I quite like. I quite like the idea of I'll talk about things that I, I know are true and I know people can understand. And if anyone's ever a bit like, Oh, I don't think you should be talking about that, I feel like, like well then maybe that shouldn't be happening in life. And if, it, and if we can't change it, I'm gonna talk about it. If we can't change it, you've got no right to question me on it. No, perfect. And I mean that's a nice kind of, I guess, mantra to have as well, is that a lot of people nowadays are kind of uptight and serious and people, they'll go and watch comedy, but then it's like kind of that, they're, they're like, they'll enjoy it, but like they're not, then they'll go back to how they are, they're not kind of... <laughs> a lot of people are, a lot of people are scared to admit what they like and what they enjoy, so yeah. they like, being judged for that. I think, I, I don't think it's as bad as people make out, but it, it is definitely there. But I think, I think a lot of it is just a case of, I think you can always justify what you're saying and what you're enjoying, then fair, but then there's only got anything to worry about. Nice. Um, and to follow up, of course, in the song realm, mm-hmm. pictures yourself, as you said earlier, pissed up in uh, Benidorm. <laughs> and... <laughs> You stumble into a karaoke bar. What song are you going to sing on the karaoke? Oh, I've... my karaoke song changes a lot. So it was Gold Digger for a while, <laughs> and then that's sort of been done now. So I think my next one, my next one I'm really going to go for is Holds Up by Beyonce. But I'm not sure if it's big enough yet. Well, I say yeah, because of the way she released Lemonade. So there's. Beyonce's Ruin, my next choice in karaoke song, because she released Lemonade in stages, where it was on like the um, Jay-Z streaming platform for a while, wasn't it? And yeah. then went on to stuff. I'm never sure of any of the songs from Lemonade really 
big enough to, to do on karaoke, but I'd love to do Hold Up by Beyond. I always think to myself, every time I listen to that song, I think, that's my next karaoke song, man. That's my next karaoke song. And then I, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think that's, I think that's going to be my next one. So I'll just say that one. I don't, I don't think there's a karaoke song that epitomises me or who I am. I just like having a laugh when I do it. I think the best thing about karaoke is I, I, I hate it and love it in equal measure. I don't think anyone should be allowed to do a ballad and no one should be allowed to do anything sad. It should be about having a laugh. If you see the singing, it's fine. If you're singing a fun song that everyone can join you in, join you on. No one should be singing Adele. Like, no one, like, I love Adele, but no one should be on karaoke singing Adele. It should always be a fun, happy song. So, I'm a song everyone can enjoy. Because at least if you're shite at it, you can always just sing it over you. Fair so, enough. And, and when, because um, Wozniak's been on as well, he just he just burst into song and gave a bit of rendition of his karaoke as well. So I mean, with, he went full karaoke song. He knows bases. I tell you what, like people make out I'm the one who's always singing and that. It's because he just like encourages it. He's, he, he he loves just sitting there while someone else sings and listening. Like I think his I think his ideal night is to go to a karaoke and sit in the corner and not get involved, but listen to everyone else do it. Like just on his own with the Guinness. I think that's literally his idea, mate. What was his karaoke song? I can't remember off the top of my head now. It was, it was months ago, so I can't think now. You'll have to ask him. Yeah, I'll text him. Um, I've got one last question for you. Yeah. So it is, how would you sum up the word success for yourself? So when you think of being successful. What what does that entail for you? Um, so, in terms of real life, I've always followed the quote. Um, like I've always loved this quote, and it's meant because I it's meant it means everything to me. Um, no, no, no one with friends, uh, no one with friends could be considered a failure. Yeah. Like so. If you die with mates and friends and people around you, it's it's it's, it's at the end of a wonderful life. It's not. I'm sure it's yours. No one with no man with friend no man with friends can be sent to the failure. And I, I love that because like the idea of you've been a good person and you've got mates and you just live the life, then you 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 you've done well. But and like in terms of like for me in terms of work and comedy, success for me is happiness. If you're waking up every day happy, then I think you've probably you, you're doing it. Like life is the pursuit of happiness. If you're waking up every day going, I'm happy, like doing what I do, and yet there's ups and downs, but on the whole, I'm quite content with my life. Really. If you're like that every day, then I think you're doing the right thing. And that's, that is what success means for me. If I can wake up every day happy with where things are going and how things are going. And with who I am, then yeah, that's everything to me. Perfect. I think that's a nice way to kind of sum up and finish. Um, so for anyone that, of course, has stumbled across you today and doesn't know kind of yeah. where to find you or how to find you, where would you direct them to? Anyone who wants to find me um, at Rob Thomas Comedy on everything. I'll be honest, I'm not very active on Facebook as I should be. 
but uh, I'm most active on Instagram. But if you follow me on there, that's where you'll find. That's where when I eventually do tour, I'll announce. Um, if you want to see me by where you're from, just give me a message. I'll tell you where I'm closest to you. And if I don't know where I'm closest to you, I'll just post most things online there anyway, so you, you, you'll see. But yeah, probably at Rob Thomas Comedy, most active on Instagram, but that is where I am for everything besides from TikTok. I can't, I haven't got onto TikTok yet because I'm just slowly trying to, like, you're not a nonce if you're on TikTok. I've just got to keep telling myself that <laughs> until I believe it. No, that's fair enough. Uh, but no, it's been a pleasure having you on and kind of sharing your kind of career and bits and bobs. So no, it's been a pleasure too. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much for having me and for asking me. No, any time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Peaking Into Success podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to today and would like to listen to more, go and check out the previous episodes on our channels and make sure you follow the page as well to keep up to date with the new exciting episodes that we've got upcoming for the rest of the year.